0: Good evening, folks. Everyone is well. Good afternoon. Good evening. Happy Monday. I'm back. The bing bong is back. Uh, as is often said in this, I was going to say community, but that felt very, that felt like I was calling, the, calling you guys the WWE Universe for a moment. But I guess it is a community, right? It's pretty weird when I say the grinner circle. Nonetheless, people say, as don't have an acted here, the bing bong is back. So uh, that is indeed the case. I'm back once again. Hope everyone is well. Um, I'll be on the worldwide tonight, but I had a little bit of spare time here, and quite frankly, I did not have the uh, did not have the enthusiasm to watch and review professional wrestling. And I had watched enough wrestling without reviewing it to feel bad enough about that. So I was like, you know what, let's just do a stream. Let's talk about professional wrestling as we often do in this uh, field. And let's uh, let's hang out for a little bit. I don't know if I'll be able to do this again this week, so it would be a good way to catch up. feels like it's been a while, right? A couple of weeks, maybe. studied one of these, so. Uh, I always like doing these semi-regularly so we can kind of stay in touch and, again, discuss the world of professional wrestling. It is quite an interesting uh, uh, medium, if you ask me. So much to get into, I'm sure. I don't really know what, um, but we'll figure that out in the coming um, hour or so. Probably a little bit less, but, you know, something like that. But uh, I see the chat. I see the aforementioned Bing Boone is back. I see a Let's Go, many O's. Thank you very much, Shining Force. Uh, no one gunk who says no build, no vignettes for the casual Bert fan. Very fair, um, a fair question, without doubt. You know, I, I should do better. I should post a vignette of me, kind of like doing action spots with the microphone in front of me. Um, I, I felt to do that here, but I'm here nonetheless. You know, and I'm a firm believer that you don't necessarily have to lead up to something with vignettes in order for it to be good. So hopefully, this stream. Is uh, is evidence of that. It may be evidence of the opposite. By the end of this, we may all agree that vignettes are necessary actually, because otherwise things go to shit very quickly. But we shall find out um very, very shortly. Hello, Bonger, says JJ. Bonger is interesting. Not sure if I prefer Bonger or Binger. Um, but I've look ultimately I've seemingly embraced Bing Bong. So anything is possible in the land of the late night grin. Um, how are we? Uh, Bing Bong, says Bruce Speech. I'm well, I'm very well. Um doing good as of late, doing good. Nice, nice kind of room I'm in at the moment. feels like I've, I've kind of been uh, producing at a more consistent rate than I had for a while previously. I think 2023 has been pretty good thus far for, to old Joey Bing Bong. still a ways to go still a lot of juggling, which is hard um, adjusting to going from having like quite a bit of time to absolutely fucking nine has been really interesting. So it's been an interesting time, but I'm well, Doing good. Today was good. Um, Go up on some work. Watch some professional wrestling. Watch the whole sorts of professional wrestling. Some for reviews and some for uh, enjoyment and pleasure. They're not always the same, unfortunately. I wish they were, but they're not. Um, and I watched Real Window here this evening, which is maybe my favourite film. You know, maybe my favourite film ever, Real Window. Just a beautiful picture. So I've had a terrific day. I'm excited for tonight. Worldwide is always a good time here in uh in the in the Bing Bong universe, over on on uh, on Wrestle Purist, so I'm excited. Good times, man. This is true. Bob is who the casuals come for. That's absolutely correct, accurate. Um, he is a Twitter star, as we know. There are genuinely people who only start watching the distraction for Bob's segment, which is one of the most insulting things that I've ever been told from people that are like now, you know, semi supporters of this platform. Um, but it's the truth. I mean, Bob brings an audience with him. For what we don't know, for why we don't know, but they they come along for Bobby, so you gotta respect it. It is indeed the JJH, the third page of oh my oh my lordy, it's the third page of Larry Bird. Um, I hope you're well, pal. Indeed, incredible movie. Jimmy Stewart is king, factual. Um watched Scream Six a few days ago, pumped my fist several times the fear, me and you both, brother. That was a thrill ride. That was real graps right there. It was a real You know, I'm not one of those people who, like, I try not to be someone who's so connected to franchises and intellectual properties that I get mad when they go bad. I've seen what that's done to fans of the Star Wars, um, Star Wars, I guess I should say, uh, which, you know, has been quite the watch. I experienced it to some degree, I have to concede, last October when Halloween Ends came out, where that legitimately did kick the share of me for about a day or so. I need to recover. It took me a while. So, with Scream, learning from that experience, I was like, let's just detach myself. No Nev, you know, let's just go in. If it's good, it's good. If it's it's nice, but that all went away when it was good because I was pumping my fist and I was fired up. The big man is back. I yelled many times. I didn't really yell it, I just sort of muttered it to myself. But Um, Bob the Draw, factual. Hello, Governor. Dukes is in the chat. (laughs) Tremendous. All right. So. I guess my question is, what the hell are we talking about today? I don't know, man. I haven't got an answer for it, so I hope some of you guys do. Um, I watched today. So I need to catch up. Tomorrow I'm going to be watching the Tokyo Joshi Pro Professional Wrestling from the weekend, which I'm excited to catch up on. Um, today I finally got my review of the Julia match out there, which I'd watched a week ago, but I was not even able to write the review, so I had to re-watch the thing, um, which was a good time. A chaotic time, a hectic time. But I like that from a couple of weekends ago. Then I watched um um I watched the Bishimon, the Bishamon Okada Tanahashi tag team epic, which was a hell of a time. That's one of my favorite matches of the year I can actually now say that with confidence because I have a spreadsheet, so I have an official top ten. Um that is in my top 10. I love that match. The story they told there was just terrific. I have a full review of it coming out this week. But, you know, at every turn, Okada would come in and really clean up. You know, he was – his dynamic with Go and Yoshihashi is obviously kind of etched in, in in recent New Japan history. Yoshihashi, even though he's older than Okada, is really Okada's little brother. You know, Okada's return um, as the Rainmaker, his, his reveal was the Rainmaker, was, his first match was that – interesting affair, furbio she has but since then he's kind of his little brother and Goto, not really by choice was always okada's little brother when they would wrestle i mean it wasn't really how it's supposed to be but he would just always beat the shit out of him really and would always sort of big brother him um so with that dynamic you really had this cool deal where it felt like every time okada was in there he was cleaning up on these guys to be clear folks i know this match is like three weeks old so i'm not breaking any news. um but you know he would clean up on these guys and then he'd bring in poor Tanner, would come in and just, it, he couldn't, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't uh, impose his will, so to speak, the way that the rain may cause it. I and mean, he ain't that guy anymore, unfortunately. But he did have a couple of great near falls late, some great kind of moments of defiance from the old days. And a uh, fabulous match, around 20 minutes long, perfect pace, perfect length. Really felt like an epic. While I thought elevated Bisham on huge as champs, I thought it really made them feel like a real top tag team in the world, which I guess they are, right? I mean, I don't, this is hard because like I don't want to dismiss them by any means. But if you just said to me, you know, if you walked up to me on the street, which would be a bit mad, but if you did and you went, you know, who's the top tag team in the world? I don't think I would bring Bishop one up. But I don't mean that necessarily means they don't belong there. It's just I don't think of them that way. This match is the closest i have ever got to me, actually, as a personally as a fan, going, oh yeah, they're they're real, you know, they're a real top team. Um, Yoshihashi is always going to be kind of. He's all right honey you know he's all right but go oh, I'm a fan of so I'm glad to see those guys doing well um, and I love that match as I said it was in my top 10 according to the official spreadsheet of Bingball um so love that and then I watched will Osprey and Mark Davis which I liked a lot I thought it was flawed and I, I had issues with it but I did like it a lot um it seemed to me that Osprey's approach to that match was giving Mark Davis like a showcase as a singles. Giving him a chance to really just do all of his stuff, which I appreciate on a lot of levels, and he's very, very selfless. And to Mark Davis' credit, I thought he absolutely maximized that and, and lived up to it and really shine bright in terms of his offense. However, I did think it made for a slightly uneven match. Um there was a stretch on Ospreay's shoulder that was kind of kind of didn't really achieve anything. Osprey did the same on a did a stretch on Davis' knee, which they came back to at the very, very end. But other than that, kind of floated around aimlessly. Which was a shame because they were, the work was spectacular throughout, as you'd expect. Um, the finish, I thought they they was they went from one extreme to the other very, very quickly. If you watch the match, you know what I'm talking. know what I'm talking about where it felt like Osprey was really on the ropes for much of the final stretch, um, and then it completely flipped, and all of a sudden Davis was on his last legs, and it kind of was jarring in that way. So liked it a lot, but it was just a little uneven. Unfortunately, but I did watch that. and That's another review coming uh, later this week. As I said, going to catch up tomorrow on Tokyo Joshi Pro. Also, I'm watching a lot of old graphs, which I'll get into if I have some time, but let's revert back to the chat. Um, I'm seeing a lot of love. I saw a lot of love for this one. Mizuki and Yuki, I saw a lot of love. Uh, it appears Chad Gable is going to get this post Mania singles run. I'm not sure how valuable that will be now that he's 37 as opposed to when he was 29, 30 when he first came out. Yeah, it's a shame that, you know, it took them so long. And again, this is one of those things that we've we've talked about a lot where it's like the it, it just can't be overstated just how extraordinarily incompetent Vincent Mann was you know Chad Gable just kind of floated around aimlessly he was in multiple teams he came out with Jordan and then he was putting a team with Rude no my apologies then he's putting team with Shelton Benjamin then he's putting a team with Rude and all of those teams like none of them stuck in the memory main roster crowds because they didn't get used that way you know american alpha was an incredible team i mean they were spectacular but vince didn't see it shelton benjamin team was pretty good they didn't really push them very much they had a program with the usos and they never won the belts. and then the bobby Roode team i remember they were the champions i'm always certain at one point point. and they had those matches with the revival that got a lot of praise on the house shows their tv match was very good too don't be wrong but uh, after that, I mean, now he's in this, tea, you know, he's been in this thing with Otis. So he's kind of just floated around aimlessly, unfortunately. But obviously, his talent speaks for itself. Tremendous in ring worker and um, is the kind of guy who's good enough. And it, more, more than being good enough, he's explosive and dynamic enough to get over with live crowds. He's willing participant in the kind of shtick and shenanigans that are necessary on their TV, as he's shown with the shoosh business um so I think he's earned it I agree with you in an ideal world there wasn't a senile lunatic book in the promotion in recent years and he could have got this push a while back but I think he's got a shot I do I mean I'm not saying Jimmy the world's champions I don't think he will be but I absolutely think he could be a very uh, fondly remembered mid-card title holder if you know they play their cards right and if they give him the right uh opponents I think he could really do a great job with a US or IC title, especially the US title was a hero I think he could do a lot with as a character. You know, and in fear of going full cut angle doing the kind of American hero shtick, I think he could do a hell of a job with that. So um ironic American hero, I should say. Uh but yeah, I think I think that would suit him as a personality, so we'll see. There you go. I do love this Discord uh Joshi Watch along business that takes place. I respect it very much. It pops me. I love that you guys are doing that, it's good stuff. Can't wait to see this. Miyu, Miyu Wanabe is one of my favorites to watch. Uh, and Rika Tatsumi, right, is. I want to say I've compared her to Hiroshi Tanahashi. Almost certain I have. So, real grabs. Um, hello, Cody. Hope you well, mate. Talking grabs here. Uh, what do you think the FTR are going to do? Um, I think they're staying in AEW. I think it's more a matter of how they present that. You know, and I, I've talked about it a lot in terms of. I think they're going to do career versus title or, you know, you know, career meaning will leave AEW if not. I'm not convinced that anymore. And at this point, I don't really know what any of this has been leading to, or what the point of it has really been to be quite frank, but I can't really critique it in that regard because I haven't seen it yet. So maybe by the end of it, I'll say it was actually a good work to me. I think they may have gone too hard at one point and they came back so early before their contracts expire. 'Cause I'm not even, you know, I don't rebuy really at all that that's still a thing. Um, to me anyway, they've kind of called them themselves and like the the winds kinda, you know, like people have had enough, they've kind of moved on. But it doesn't uh, it doesn't drive me nuts. I'm not mad about it, like many are, though I understand why. Uh, but I think they're gonna be in AEW as the top babyface team for the foreseeable future. Indeed. My God, spreadsheet bean bomb. I freed myself from the pri- <laughs> from that prison this year. I've subsequently watched very little 2023 wrestling, all other stuff for me right now. I'm just listen, man. I'm going nuts on the old stuff. Coliseum video fed, fucking just random world championship wrestling whole shit. Watching so much, Brett. Man, I was watching today Brett and Razor from Rumble, which I hadn't seen in a long time. Just I just I love that vibe. Brett in that setting is just one of those perfect deals. Um nonetheless. While we're here, I pull up my spreadsheet. Um, I'm looking here. I was trying to find. Hmm. Kento Miyahara is in my top 10 three times, folks. Three times. Here's the second, my second favorite match of the year with that famed tag on January 22nd, the Yuji Nagata match and the uh, Yuma Ioyagi match. I'm sure I messed up the pronunciation of, of Yuma's name. I apologize. But uh, free appearance for Ken Omiyahara I bring this up simply to say, my god, that guy is so great. <laughs> I've got a list on on uh, alongside it of like the cage guide, the cage match match, the cage, cage match match guide for Kenzo. And I'm I might I might do a little review series going through his best stuff. He's he's been incredible this year. So anyway. Yep, I agree with you. I'd like to see Bishamon get a big match at the Forbidden Door. Also, uh, Sting is working Dynamite this week. I have seen the six man, right? Yep, he's working Kip Sabian. Kip Butcher and Blade versus Orange Darby and Sting. Good shit. I'm glad to see Stinger back. Um, you know, I, I was I was kind of intrigued by their absence from from the uh, Revolution pay per view, but uh, glad to see he's back. He looked a little stiff out there in the in the in the Muta match. So. Hopefully all is well and he can, he can kind of wind this run down, wind this great career down in style. Of course, also, it does feel relevant to mention that tomorrow night at 8 Eastern, we're going to be redoing the Green Grappler Sting. We always have, there's always something weird that happens when we do all these, so um, that's tomorrow also. So there's a little preview for you before Wednesday. Yes, Mark Davis, Power Driver, is awesome. Do any of the Fleet House show matches have you looking for a fan cam? Uh, no, they didn't. I have to concede. Um, the only one I might try and watch at some point is Jeff Jarrett and Brian Pillman Jr. Um, because Jeff Jarrett is awesome. And I'm intrigued by, like, you know, what Brian Pillman Jr. does in a house show match with Jeff fucking Jarrett. It sounds like an insane task for him. So uh, I may watch that at some point for, you know, for studying purposes. I wanted to take interest in the Anna J match. I have heard many different things that suggest I should not. So I'm going to just leave that and park it there. Um, Trying to think what else. Hobbs and Daniels, maybe. That's got a nice house show flavor, but not really. I mean, everything I heard about the show was great. It wasn't a card that I was, you know... I did have fears that they would announce matches or do matches that would make me, like, actively upset that I couldn't watch them. Did not have that, so... (laughs) A win in both columns, honestly. People that went had a great time. And those of us that wasn't there wasn't, you know, sweating bullets at home. So good times. They drew a hell of a house too. They drew like nearly four thousand people right over three anywhere. So hell of a house for a house show. Um yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I'm always intrigued by the um by the by the range of Billy Osprey takes. It legitimately interests me. I enjoy watching him a lot, so I can't, you know, but it just interests me. Sting is back. Factual. Sting coming back, following a Butcher and Blade house show segment is the realistic grabs. True. Absolutely correct. The Stinger. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but FTR should probably lose. You can't have Darby talk shit about talented bitch on uh, Twitter uh, and then put the belts on those people. Why well, the only one who sees insanity in that? Um, no, I don't think you're the only one. I just, you know, it's like, Twitter in it. I mean, that's why I'm kind of like, as much as I get why people laugh damn, for was funny. That's why that that direction of the promo was I wasn't my favorite because it's just I just think people really overestimate how many folks are actually aware of that shit happening, you know. And I'm on the other I'm on the other extreme where it's like I oh, always show my dad. And it's like, obviously he doesn't know. He's in his sixties. He's not gonna be like, oh fucking hell, Ty Dillinger's just got it. You know what I mean? But I do think there is a much bigger, like I think that is such a small section, and that's why I was hesitant about Derby going through. Even though I thought it was like you know got a good reaction, and he's he's Derby, so it is what it is. But that is kind of why, because it kind of make yeah, it kind of puts a weird like tin on a on an act like that. But I don't think it ultimately matters to be honest. But that's just me. Um, he got a hell of a reaction. Did Derby of nothing else, but I didn't love the content for that reason that you're kind of mentioning there, but nonetheless i have no real interest in debating twitter discourse so i'll just let it i'll just let it sit there really <laughs> um i bet everyone's debated discourse enough over the last week right, about me doing it um i saw a lot of btu talk i'm with you on the elite bcc if you'd be an interest in definitely got my interest i want to get the big matches though man that's what i need I need the big matches um god bless real graps Good times, man! Exciting times in in the professional wrestling. Can O'Rules factual? Need the Hobbs CD fan cam? Yeah, that one is definitely a good one. I'm really bullish on, um, really, really bullish on, on Hobbs. I, and like you guys know, I've been this, I've been on this kind of train for a while. I'm not the only one. I'm not going to present it as though I saw something no one else did. I think everyone knew it that he was capable of it. But I really think he's a player. Like, he's not. Like, a, he's not uh, maxed out who he can be as a worker at all yet, and I think you can already see what he's capable of. Um, Duke's pointed out, actually, on Fleet Week, and he's right. It, the, the Heat segment on, on Friday, uh, on Friday's Rampage, was a little stretch fin. He would be best served right now to 10-minute shootouts, I think, where you just go back and forth. Um, as a big man, he's going to have to get more comfortable leading one of those and being compelling throughout and sprinkling crowd work and doing all that kind of... Um, you know bringing all of that sizzle to the stake so to speak but I think when you see him go head to head with a guy like Ray Phoenix and they trade bombs I think you see his comfort in that scenario and it's like that's very encouraging to me because I think a lot of guys with his style would try too hard to match a Ray Phoenix in what he does for example I'm not trying to knock the guy but for example if, if Brian Cage would trade bombs with Ray Phoenix while I think it would be very exciting he would do, like, tit-for-tat high spots with Ray Phoenix. Powerhouse Hobbs' take on the big finishing stretch for Ray Phoenix was, I'm going to slam you through this mat. <laughs> and he would catch him, and he found innovative ways to get into his power spots, you know? And I thought that was a really encouraging sign, and I think it's important to remember when you watch Hobbs, like, he's not a kid, you know? Like, the guy's been wrestling for a long time now. Um, he's new to this stage on some level. Not even really that new on, you know, he's been on TV for nearly three years, but... He's new to getting a push on TV because they've, it took a long time from really going this direction. Um, I know that he's into the QT thing. I would, you know, if I was his friend, I would maybe say, well, we'll hold on, as we say around here. But um, very excited to see what he can do in the ring. And and the Daniels match is a perfect, the perfect guy from WrestleMania on the House show, you know, a guy who's not going to fill in a lot of the gaps for him, but he's going to sell, sell, sell let Hobbs figure it out for himself in terms of keeping those people engaged. Forget the cameras, because we're, we're doing a house show. You have six minutes to work a body part. How are we going to get it to the point where these people are rocking for Daniel's comeback rather than waiting for it? You know, that, that's the uh, you want them rooting for it, not waiting for it. Anyway, yes, Mark Davis has got some very fun offense. This is filth. Um, is Jeff better than ever? Um, he's not, but he is benefiting from the industry's evolution, and what I mean by that is, when Jeff Jarrett was in his physical prime, he could play the same music that he plays now. I probably shouldn't do a music analogy considering what his gimmick was. But what I mean is, he could do the same match <laughs> he does now, and it would be tiresome and you know uh, overdone, and oh, like you'd kind of roll your eyes at it because at one point in time, not that long ago, the kind of match that Jeff Jarrett works was just the industry's go-to main event horse shit. You know, Vince Russo had made it that way. Um Vince Russo was so, his finishes were so convoluted and there were so many ref bumps and so many, you know, everything would, all the trimmings, that by the time Jeff Jarrett was the world's champion in TNA, everyone was like, enough, just give me some wrestling. Now, it's gone the other way around, where it's like, while we get a lot of screw finishes, Jeff is a master of that genre, right? That little sub-genre of like, Theatrical bullshit wrestling finishes. And no one really does those well anymore. Roman Reigns does a lot of them. But in AEW, really, you get like your traditional, you know, run-in or whatever the fuck interference. Jeff does like four-piece finishes, you know, ref bump, distraction, roll-up, kick like. And it because of that, it's fresh. I think you actually saw on in Wednesday's match that like in some ways physically. You know, he is limited. Like, he's great for his age, but he is still a guy in his mid-50s, you know. I thought you saw about Lee for a little bit of that against against Orange, but he's a smart worker. He knows his limitations. He knows that would be a heel more than anything else. I mean, he's a great heel. I mean, it goes without saying. So um, I think he's genuinely a really interesting, like, case study, so to speak, in terms of how the the industry surrounding a wrestler can shape the perception of them. What he does feels so fresh right now. When once upon a time it was like, you know, just it was so tired, right? It's, it's, it's interesting to me. Um, you see, Desperado is angling for a pentamatch for Forbidden Door. I did not, but that is real grabs. Um, Chris hope what chris as well star of fleet week says didn't love a lot of the substance in the pillars promo semi talking about being the job guy was a little much yeah it wasn't my favorite um i was very hesitant to overly critique that promo segment because i am a, i am a believer in you know beyond the, what we do on shows like this where we talk about every detail of every single segment it's like i am a firm believer in the notion that core promo is very much a matter of delivery now, I think some of the best promo guys ever spoke a lot of shit, but they cut great promos because their delivery was such and the people cared about them. So on that level, I, I was positive about the segment because I thought it was four guys, three of which wouldn't have been able to cut that promo before, talking confidently and presenting themselves in at least some way as a player, which I you know I appreciate and I think it's a very positive sign for the promotion. So a big thumbs up there. The content, though, I agree with you. Um, Sammy... The job guy, bump guy, I think is just an objective miss. I wouldn't have gone that way. Um, The part of it that I struggled with initially, but slightly excused him for, whether I should or not, I don't know. But I was kind of baffled by the way that he, he was seemingly presenting himself as like not the promotion's choice. And I've convinced myself since then that that was just him being a heel because of course he should be full of shit. He's a heel, you know, but, Watching it, when I first saw it, I was like, this is a strange way for me to proceed. It almost felt to me like Sammy should have targeted Jack and Darby more so that he could keep his heat as a heel, you know? it's an interesting promo, I'll say that, but it got over huge, put all I'd see the match, so that's what you can do. Maybe Darby mentioning people who complain on through his deliberate build to Sting and Darby versus FTR. Maybe, but um, that would be bad, I feel. <laughs> Doing references to... Um, Doing references to twitter.com to stuff feuds. I'd rather they not. I'm not saying you're wrong because they've you know that absolutely feels something like they might do, but I I would have my doubts personally. We shall see. Um definitely like Phoenix got the, the wind tone at him a little bit. He had a big mark on his back, too, big like scar almost was forming. It was something. Um yeah, this is fair. Death match between this bride and pennant will be something. Who's got the most potential Out of all the big men in AEW? I think Brody could be the promotion's version of Vader if played right. Um, as a worker, it's Brody. Um, I think Brody would be. And I've said this before. I don't mean this is a knock of who he can be in the US, but I really think he should, you know, try and get in front of those Japanese crowds and somewhere and other as a guest on occasion because I think he really could make some money there. Um, he's a perfect mix of a guy who can do flashy stuff, but seems to understand that that's not what he should be doing all the time. So as a worker, I think Brody has the most potential. As a star, he's a little bit I – mean, I don't know if you'd – I mean, he's not a particularly tall guy, but I consider him a big man because of his frame and, you know, he's called Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, I still think he has the most potential in terms of a wrestling star. I really think he's got, like, major potential as a wrestling star in a way that I wouldn't necessarily say Brody does. Um, there is a – Physical charisma and presence to to Hobbs that I think is kind of honestly, I think it's particularly present throughout the industry right now. To honest with you, um, I love the kind of Tyson esque, you know, facials he produces. Like, I think he's, I think there's a real edge to him as a worker. And uh, he only has tapped into it a couple of times. So I'm mostly seeing like flashes. But yeah, I, I think Hobbs is the guy for me. And I also think if you tell his story right, which I don't think they quite nailed with the Book of Hobbes, um, they tried, but I mean they nailed it. I still think ultimately you could then flip him as a baby face and he could get over huge as a baby face. Because he's not too big where he couldn't be one. That's the other thing. Like some guys are so big where it's like it's so hard to get heat on them. Hobbes is not that way at all, you know? I think he could be a fucking awesome baby face. So Hobbes is one of my one of the guys that I would circle personally. But I think the world of Brody King also. JJH, what is the verdict on QTV? Grin or Grimace? It's a big time grimace for me. Um I thought it was quite bad. I get why people liked it. So I'm not like trying to knock anyone who did. I, I understand it. I'm not here to say it was like an you know objectively terrible. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying on a subjective as a person as a fan, it's not why I won on my wrestling show personally. Um it reminded me a lot of like. It gave me some NXT 2.0 vibes. To be real, um, I hate the wink, wink stuff with Batista. and It's like, yes, I understand. You know, I'm, I'm aware this is a reference people make. It's just not not for me. Uh, which I think a lot of you watch these shows know that. There's not a surprise. Um, it doesn't mean there's not a place for it, It just means it's not for me. But the only thing I would genuinely say I disagree with is Hobbs being involved in it. Now, I'm aware that Hobbs wanted to work with Cute, Q- or at least I think he said he wanted to be with Cute. Q- I don't know. Someone said that to me. But um, I haven't even got an issue with him being with QT. Jack said this to me, and I actually agree with him, which, you know, it happens. Um, You know, it's like I don't even mind him managing Hobbs so much as Hobbs being in that skit I thought was like a real misstep. Like I just wouldn't put him in that, you know. I thought it was a mistake. Um, So, yeah, a grimace for me. Do I think there's maybe a place for it? Perhaps. I don't think that place necessarily needs to involve powerhouse Hobbs. That's just me personally. Um, I've been doing an Omega career project, and I'm circa 2014, 2013, 2014, when he starts becoming Kenny, by God, Omega. Man, I'm so excited for the return of Big Match Kenny in AEW. He's incredible, man. I, You know, Dukes and I got into this last night a little bit. There are a handful of wrestlers in the industry who, when they're put in a match of any kind of you know significance or note, they will have one of those performances where you kind of watch it. And in the midst of it, I've talked to Ibu about this before, in the midst of it, you kind of go, well, he's kind of like the best wrestler in the world, you know? And I know when I say that about Kenny Omega, that's not news, because Kenny Omega has been in the conversation of best wrestler in the world now for a very, very long time, most of the last decade. Um, However, he has had more of those moments for me since returning than he did perhaps in AEW before he left. And now those of you that were with me over on Fight for the Distraction and so on and so forth, I was a very big – I had nothing but praise, really, for Kenny Omega's work at AEW before he, you know, went away. But you could tell he was beat up, right? Like, it was obvious. As great as he was and as much as he kind of, in a lot of ways, limited his game to the raw ingredients for much of the end of his reign, um, he was, you know, uh, working within certain restraints. And I think they've kind of been gone since I think he's looked spectacular. I mean, part of it is that physically he just actually looks great visually, which helps. Uh, rather than him sort of looking in pain out there. But he looks great visually, but his work is so explosive again. You know, it looks like he's gone back in time to me to like 2017 or whatever, 2016. So, um, remarkable rest, like, you know, I'm with you completely. I, I'm all in on seeing him get some big singles again. I really want this Brian rematch. You know, that was one of my favourite matches in recent memory. It was one of the best TV matches I've ever seen, him and uh, him and Brian at Brian Ash. Unbelievable match, so... I'm with it, man. Let let them loose, and that starts with Vakingo, which is hell of a deal. So, lots to look forward to, hopefully, on the Omega front. The Guns' reign is a whole is strange. You get the idea of Hill Chance for Heat, obviously, but here it seems like they've deliberately called off the whole tag vision. It was weird this week too because they didn't have. Um, I'm aware that FTR wasn't at TV for every reason. It was, I don't know, but they didn't even have like a pre take about FTR. The Guns just set up something top flat. It was like, I mean, sure. I'm not saying it's that big of a deal. It was only one week, but it was. It feels kind of it's strange. I agree with you. It is slightly odd. Um, in terms of them calling off the tag division, I kinda of think that's just a result of where the division's at, to honestly. Like I you know, I've been consistent, it's not drive everyone nuts about the Hill team thing, but it's you know, it's true too. like the team the tag division's just not what it was, you know. And that can change the same way it changed in this direction, it could change the other way. So yeah, I'm very ready for the for the FTR to get those bells, quite frankly. Um, Fuse Nova has resubscribed. with Prime been with us now for nine whole months. Um, all how, Fuse Nova says. Thank you very much, pal. We appreciate you. Nine months, all awful long time to be watching our whole shit. Um, I apologize in advance for that, but I'm not really in advance. I just apologize really, but thanks for supporting us nonetheless. Um the big ring generals that have been regulars on Dark over the past year or so, QT, Emmy and Athena are all my favorite people to watch in AEW. I'm big on QT. That's one thing I should know in terms of this whole QT business, QTV business. Anyone that watches these shows knows I like QT. So I respect that take and I'm with it. I don't know if that's necessarily the thing I'd have them doing, but I'm for it. Emmy's awesome. And you guys know what I think about Athena. I think she's probably the most underappreciated wrestling. Great in recent memory. I think she's absolutely astonishing. I, I, I truly believe that when the me of in 20 years time or the me's, you know, the people that are doing this shit in 20 years with a Pepsi max, maybe not, but I think they're going to, you know, kind of speak very fondly of her work. I think when someone looks at it, just stripped down to what her actual, the quality of her work over her career, I think Athena, her work wage very well, especially because I think right now she's in her prime in terms of the whole picture. She's maybe not quite in her physical prime, but she's close. She's close enough to that, and she's mastered the rest of it, and is so comfortable in where she's at as a wrestler. So happy to see it, man! It really is wonderful. Um, Jericho working this way in his fifties to me just makes the Russo-Rific booking he supported during his prime more frustrating. Pop, um, Jarrett, I assume, right? Yeah, Ger- <laughs> I was thinking, wait, what? Jarrett, <laughs> yeah, Jeff's very capable. He definitely was. He was a guy who became reliant on those crutches, and the um, one thing about Jeff that's kind of weird is like he was a great heel character, and is a great heel character. But if anyone's ever seen Jeff work as a babyface when he was young, he was such a great working babyface because he punches. So like if you go back and watch him in you know the early nineties, you'll see it. And then if you jump to two thousand and eight or 2007, around that range, when he wrestled Kurt Angle as a babyface, it's still there. He spent all those years at heel, and he, when he, as soon as he went back to babyface, his work was the same way as it was in the early 90s again. Really capable worker. He didn't always turn into like any, you know, what didn't exactly result in like an epic match catalog. But I definitely think if he came at a different time or his career could be, you know, like tested in different eras, I do think in a lot of ways the era he was in it put him in a direct now pushed him in a direction and his desperation to be a top guy, especially, pushed him in that direction. And I think it kind of in, in some ways limited the quality of his work, even though he's had a, obviously an incredible career. Um nonetheless. Also I've been watching Peak, Bullet Club Ferg, and it's unbelievable stuff. The heat that guy got, and it's just made me so mad at how badly the Fed fucked with him, how much influence he has that is uncredited. He had that is uncredited and, ha- and about how that shell of a bullet club is kept on life support by new Japan, but OG bullet club one act. Yeah, it was really cool. And you know, um, Finn or Fergal or Prince Devitt, um, any of the above, he really did pride himself on being a heel too, which, which quickly kind of diminished as the act went on. I mean, AJ was a heel for a bit when he worked the G1, I think that was kind of the end of that. They just cheered him and it evolved and they added so many people and like, Especially as you, you know, once it began to evolve into the elite, those guys have such a, even when the Bucks are their most obnoxious, they wrestle in a way where the crowd will inevitably kind of warm to them because they're just so fucking dynamic, you know, so exciting. Um, So, yeah, it definitely changed. It's Bullet Club's a weird thing for me because I'm, like, always in the middle of it where when people actively shit on it, I'm like, man, Bullet Club was really important. You know, it really was significant. But then on the other hand, when someone says it's like the best wrestling faction, I go, well, hold on. <laughs> it's not carried away here, you know. So um, in terms of Finn, while his injury is a huge what if of the era, like what happens if he doesn't get hurt and he could just be the champ of Raw, post-brand, you know, redraft, rebrand split, um, you know. It's definitely like one I you kick around sometimes. I'm as I've told you guys a million times, I'm doing this uh I'm doing this real world champion thing. And I've got Finn Finn has a couple different chapters come up as NXT champ. And I mean, he really was, you know, a world champion when he was the NXT champ the first time around. Um he was defending that belt like three times a week at times, you know. U.S. tours, international tours. That was their first time NXT was really on the road and Finn was the champ. Him and Bailey were like supporting aces, you know. Um, and I say all this to say that when I was writing that, I, I kind of pondered it again, like where, you know, how things kind of went for Finn. And it does feel like that injury is like a, it left a lot of money on the table for the dude. But, but, while I agree with you on that and I agree with you that he doesn't get the credit he deserves for a lot of things, I do think it's always worth having perspective in terms of, he's still had a hell of a career, you know. Um, maybe didn't reach the heights that we believe him to be capable of or that we think if, if luck had been on his side, he may have reached. But, man, he's still been, you know, a relevant guy in the industry for some time, right? I mean, Bullet Club was, this is 10 years now this year, right? 10 years. In two months, it'll be 10 years since Bullet Club. And he has a career before that, let me be clear, but I'm just saying it's a long time. Um, been an interesting rest of the watch, though. He's got a hell in a cell match at WrestleMania, so hopefully that's good. Um, yeah, Lucha Bros versus Desperado and Hiromu would be pretty beast. That's fair. I do love the crowds barking along with Brody. That's good, shit real grabs. Um, if Satnam ends up being good, Pop, he'll hands down and be the best big man. <laughs> Random thought: Imagine Tanahashi versus Satnam at Door, Tanahashi versus the Giant is just personal, Pop, for me. Now, here's the deal. If, if the big man, Paul White, wants to wrestle again, how do we feel about booking him a first-class flight over to Tokyo? You know, Sumo Hall, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Paul White, they've got, like, one knee between them. I don't know, man. That could be a good trial run. I think we should start there, personally. You know, I was seeing all this talk about Paul White and Kenny Omega because he wants that match. And I said to Jack and Matthew, I said, it needs to be in Japan. You need the crowd gasping when Paul White does shit, not just being like, oh, it's the big show. You know, that's how it can be real grabs. But yes, yeah, Satnam, um, I don't, I would not hold my breath on him ever being good, but he's very fun. So that's more important in many ways. Um, I agree. Bob should should have been a guest on uh, QTV. He forgot about it, I'm told. Um, yes, I agree. Stokely and Hobbs would have been a pretty obvious suggestion considering the uh, considering that both of those things were kind of solved each other, but yes, nonetheless. Um, what if Hobbs was just in the background lifting weights? That would have been better, definitely, rather than him kind of like finding it entertaining. I thought it was kind of dumb. Stokely's video was great on Rampage, he's starting to get moving. Stokely, it feels like, right? It feels like they're starting to find a groove with him. Again, his presentation isn't perfect or anything, but it does what like it's kind of letting him do his thing, and it's working well, so that's good. Kenny seems to be heating up, take over for Brian as AEW wrist of the Year for a stretch. It's going to be interesting. How long Brian's out We be very relevant. Brian got off to an incredible lead with his work at the start of the year. I mean, those, the Roosh and Bandido and Takesha and all that stuff he did there for a while. Um, but if he's away for a long time, and obviously, I didn't even mention the MJF match, which is one of the best matches in promotional history. But if he's away for a long time, that could change. We shall see. It'll be interesting. Um, I don't even know what this was about. Right now, he literally just trains and plays video games. He has paced himself. Maybe Kenny Omega, I think. Probably Kenny Omega. This was like 10 minutes ago. Um, I wonder if we get some out of GPU's title events on Dynamite. A good way to give us the Hobbs match and even the elusive Shingo match. The, sorry, the Cobb match. Yeah, the Jeff Cobb-Kenny match, I think you can – I wouldn't say expect, but I do think it's pretty likely. Genuinely, yeah. I do. Um, I think it'd be a cool idea for sure. Just to get Kenny wrestling. I like it a lot. I mean, when we were talking about the gradient ring guys the last 20 years, we talked Brian, AJ, Samja, maybe Claudio. Kenny should be considered in that category too. I agree. Sometimes I do not put him in that group because I always think of him. And I think this is not necessarily unfair. because I'm not a massively educated on his pre-New Japan work, but I do think it's fair to put him in the last decade rather than the last um, 20 last two decades. Now that doesn't mean he's not as great as those guys. He's greater than, I would say, honestly, I would honestly say at least two of the names that are there, probably three. Um, But I just always list him differently. Sometimes people think I'm leaving him out because I don't think he's as good. It's just, it's not that I just think he's the next generation. You know, I know you're not doing that for Larry Bird, but I just wanted to explain that quickly. Um, Yes. The rotation method is not perfect. I would agree regarding Tony Khan's booking. Um why Toby Suicider asked, Why does Tony Khan hate me? Because you don't show up for fleet week, bro. That's why. It is what it is, you know. He's more of a Dukes fan. Um Okay. It feels like uh like ROH will allow TK to focus on less people and AEW make stars. I would that'd be a very positive step. Um very positive step. I think tv visibility is king man like it's very very important and sometimes we're so close to this stuff that we we think if you're on and you have a great match but you're not in front of three weeks people remember some people do most people do not <laughs> you need to, you need to be in front of people whether you're winning losing looking cool or not you do need to be in front of the people because outside our mind you know like it's a real thing um yeah, I do think Athena in the outcast thing is probably going to happen, which is, you know, well, we'll see what happens. You get what you get. If she's in war games, I can look past the segments that will inevitably come with that. Oh, there you go. Exactly the same thing I just said. Um, watching with an on fan has highlighted how much being on TV consistently matters above everything else. There you go. Thank you. It says it much more, elo- much more eloquently than I just did. So that's 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 where I was headed for sure. Um, yes, Jay White definitely took a lot from Athena. From absolutely and kind of return the group uh, in that direction accordingly. Um, imagine Finn had one final Brian like run out for WWE to remind everyone who he was not impossible at all. You know, I, I'd say this a lot and I'm very hesitant to talk about, it. I don't want to do like the kind of, I don't want to relish in it or do it like some sort of grim reaper because I see people doing that. and I think it's kind of gross, quite frankly, but Look, it is what it is, folks. There's a chance that in a couple of months here, Vince is the one running the show again. I, I sincerely hope that's not the case. Genuinely, I don't want that to be the case at all. But we have to be honest, it's a possibility. You know, there's a lot going on right now, and the sale looms large. Um, And in that scenario, I think Finn's place in the company is a lot less clear. With Triple H, I think he'll always be figured in because, you know, he's been one of Triple H's best soldiers previously, and he obviously likes his work a lot. Vince seemed to blow hot and cold on Finn. He would see it, and then he wouldn't. He wouldn't. You know, it was the whole thing. He is a guy in his 40s, and Vince is prone to just waking up and saying he wants to do a youth movement one day. So I say all this to say, you never say never. That stuff can happen. Um, if, you know, the choice is that, or WWE not being run by Vincent McMahon again, I would... <laughs> I'm happy to have Finn just, just stay in WWE because I don't want that. Honestly, man, I, I get why people have fun with it. I'm not here to take anyone's fun away, people get their tweets off. But in the position I am in, I don't want to do more shows, you know, of the ilk that we were doing a lot of when Vince was in charge over WWE. I thought it was, it was not very fun. Um, so we'll see. But I would certainly like to see the matches to, to respond to your point. White and Satnam versus Hiccolo and Farley. Forbidden door. My God. Real grabs. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Satnam took the famous and it was fucking incredible. Um, Here you go. JJ said, yes, was just saying that's why Kenny is looking so strong and explosive. He's pacing himself very well. He also went to Winnipeg early to see family and avoid any major travel train. He's a monster. Can't wait to see this solution. Yeah, it's going to be spectacular. It really, really is. I agree. It's great to see him doing well. Um, so this is an interesting scenario here. Uh, it heat someone up to take out Hook and have Stoke pinning, but it doesn't feel like a TKO. I'm thinking about this because I agree with you. I don't think they're going to end Hook's uh, uh, you know undefeated streak that way. However, in the in the realm of traditional graps. It must be said that the scenario they've set up here is absolutely suggesting, to me anyway, that Stoke may have something up his sleeve. Now, I'm going to be clear. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think Stoke is just going to get the shit kicked out, which is fine and probably the right move. But in traditional professional wrestling, in the traditional professional wrestling playbook, Hook would just about beat him and something would happen. There would be a twist in the towel that would set up Hook's next piece of business. I am intrigued if we see that on Wednesday. I don't expect us to which is not a criticism. So I just don't expect us to because the reason that is being mentioned here in terms of it doesn't look like a TK move to end the streak that way, which is probably right. But I do, I do think that's something to watch for. Okay. Um, <laughs> Demon Green is <laughs> fantasy booking, switching the spray paint uh, for a flamethrower, which is interesting. Um, To me, it feels like getting the EVP role has made the elite, uh, feel like their careers are winding down when really as the first time on big T- big time US TV it should have been the meat of their mainstream career. Yeah, I actually I do agree with that. Um I do think some of it is I do think some of it is like reliant on kind of um or is a result at least of how the guys feel physically too though. You know? I think they're pretty beat up. Kenny looks refreshed, which we've talked about, but like the Bucks talk a lot about. And I know wrestlers work and where, but Every time the Bucks have like a big match, they talk afterwards about how fucking, how few of them they want to have more of. You know, like they'd be up, man. Like the Bucks have been going hard for a long time, so I don't think that's part of it as well as the EVP roles. Like this is their, you know, once upon a time, guys would do all this sort of stuff and then they would head up to New York and and make their money as a as a veteran wrestler. That isn't what the elite are doing because they're producing at an incredible rate and having this like you know having these great matches every year. But I definitely got the sense personally. The after the tag title run for the Bucks, it was kind of like that was our big run. You know, they had the belts for what? Um, I won them in November and dropped them in September, so like 10 months. Quick maths there from Bing Bong, <laughs> but they had the belts for 10 months. And it did feel to me like after that was "Right, we like, right, we're gonna have fun now because that was a real run, especially because a lot of it was at dailies and so on and so forth. You know, I mean, that was to me, that was the most. Uh, impressive front of their careers because of the range they showed. I mean, they've had better individual matches and such, but they have showed so much range just into every opponent. And it felt to me that like after that, there was a switch, which are still, I mean, they still have great matches. I'm not saying they're phoning in because the they're not, but I do think it's different. Kenny's a little bit separate situation to me because the the time off seemed to have, you know, opened up a lot of room for him to be a, a real top guy again. I mean, he is a top guy, but I mean like a genuine centerpiece of the show. Question for the Bing Bong. If Blood and Guts is BCC and Elite, who is the fifth guy on both squads? Um, Samoa Joe is on the Blackpool Combat Club and Takeshita is on the Elite. Samoa Joe, I've said this before, I'm going to do it one last time here. Samoa Joe and the Blackpool Combat Club is an obvious fit. Um, number one, it it suits him a lot as a wrestler at his point in his career to be a guy involved in tag multi-man scenarios. I think that would really help him to extend what he has left. No, more specifically, he's as much of a Regal guy as any of these dudes. You know, Samoa Joe and William Regal shared a match in like 2001 when Regal was doing a guest spot um, in, what was it called, HWA maybe, right? Uh, so I think he's an obvious fit for the Blackpool Combat Club and I really like the idea of him slowly kind of being a player coach for the group. You know, at this point, he's, I think he's 45 maybe this month or just turned 45, maybe 44. So uh I think 44, but... That's where I would go. Takeshita is obvious with Don Carlos and that makes a lot of sense. You could do a Bushi also, um, but I would go with with Takeshita and Sam Joe personally. Tanahashi is definitely in that 20 year best work composite. Yes, true. Absolutely. My bad. Um, Tanahashi is definitely in there. Also, maybe the most important wrestler during that time, too. If Tanner didn't save New Japan, AEW would not be around. I agree. Huge you know, kind of butterfly effect scenario in terms of New Japan's health and the way Tanishi kept it, you know, not he didn't just keep it afloat, he brought it to new heights for the modern era. Um, you know, and he he kind of led, not only did he do that in terms of sheer popularity, but he also changed the house style in a way that would ultimately define the promotion. You know, his take on the main event match was then taken by Okada and now, and look, I have my gripes with what it's become since then. But that is this, like that's become a defining thing for their, explosion on the, you know across the kind of world stage um so yeah i think he probably is the most important in that i don't think there really is probably i think he is the most important of the last 20 years i think that's you're correct um <laughs> famed yeah tk big dukes guy sammy Guevara. good call very good call um Speaking of sales talk, there is an eerie number of people who have been have seemed to be taken off TV recently. There is, and I know that's a thing that's been discussed, and um, this is why it's like. Sorry, here's the thing. Even if it's like a positive scenario, whether that is for you, I don't know. But like, even if a sale is going through, and Triple H is going to stay in charge, and it'll be say it's to, I'm not saying it is because I don't think it would be at all, but say it's the Comcast and NBC Universal's, they're still in that family and. You know, nothing really changes, what I'm saying. There will still probably be cuts because it's a sow and, you know, things will be looked at differently under that lens. Um, I think there are some guys concerned from what I can gather, which sucks. Um, You can't avoid it, but it sucks, right? Like, it's a shame. It's one of those things we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. That's just, you know, the big thing for me, folks, is, and again, I'm not trying to take anyone's fun way. I'm only talking to myself here, but it's like, I just think when you look at AEW right now, we're talking about what we're talking about in terms of more TV time for key guys and staying consistent. It's like I don't know how you guys feel I don't think AEW needs more top wrestlers necessarily. I'm happy for them to get them and see you know see them on the shows, but I don't watch Dynamite and go, man, they're a little short on talent, you know. And it's like there are versions of this sale that put Vince in charge where I think the industry could get like really dangerously uneven because I think we saw in 2020 and 2021 like what was. Vince was a point there where he didn't even like the roster. You know, he would just cut guys mid fucking push and mid program. It's like, I would rather we not return to that. Regardless of Vince, there'll probably be some cuts as part of the game. Unfortunately, it is what it is, but we shall see. Hopefully, everyone lands on their feet. That's all you can root for, really. Um, agree with this. Yeah, I hope Siobhan hasn't seen go either. He'll pop huge. Stoke with the FTWs. So I would be, uh, real grabs. Absolutely. Um, um, demon grin on YouTube is dead. My god, oh no, random rebrands on my favorite wrestle grap talk podcast. Can't wait for you to see this. Is big news, folks. Demon grin is rebranded, there's nothing sacred anymore. Good lord. Um, Jay White being Stokely's guy would be fucking incredible <laughs> for so many reasons good, bad, and in between. But the fact that it would be Jay White and AEW would pop me, so we'll see. Um Stokely, in a like, if it just things in a vacuum, I agree. Stokely and Kenny would be, would be tremendous. It's probably not ever going to make sense in this timeline we currently exist in, but it just in a vacuum, if you had just the pieces of play, that would be a sweet fit for sure. Um, okay, one more. Was I uh, okay, last couple of things here before I bounce, folks, get ready for the worldwide. If Claudio beats Eddie in a couple of weeks, Moxley bringing in Eddie for the match will be a fun way to redo last year and you can use it for the Eddie-Claudio feud. That's real grabs. I like that a lot. I'm not sure I, I think there's a good chance of happening, but it doesn't mean it isn't a good idea. Ben says, that's why Oracle is off the green as a regular. Talks with the ringer, heating up. Excited for the mask, man. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, cool. Works for me. Um... And then third page of Larry Bird said, Oracle is not a ratings draw. He appeals to a select number of perverts. This is true. Uh, And that can only be described as wrestling conversational contents, Timothy Thatcher. All of that's true. Agreed. Um, Dave Finley or Sonata, who's winning the cup? Bullet Club 2000 or just five guys? Bro, let me tell you something. That is one of the most embarrassing things I've seen in some time. At Match Graphic. When I saw that tweet, where he's it like, it's time, the final of the... So I'd kind of seen it was whittling down, and I wasn't particularly enthralled by the names that were left. But actually seeing it in front of me, like the final, Sonata and David, come on, man. What are we doing, you know? What happened to real graps? What are we doing around here? Very, very sad. Um, I guess Finley will win. I don't know who gives a fuck, right, ultimately. I, I don't know what matches were good. I'm going to try and watch the Shota and, uh, and Zach match. As I said, I watched the Mark Davis Osprey match, but other than that, I probably ain't going to watch any of these, man. Like, I didn't think the tournament looked very exciting. I don't know if I've missed stuff. If i missed matches that were great, feel free to tell me. New Japan Cup, Leo Rush and Hiromu. Is that on the final show? Sure. Okay, I'll, I'll probably try and watch that. Um, I'll probably try and watch that because that sounds like a good time. But the actual tournament itself, I don't know what I've missed, but yeah. I don't know. Zach Schoter, I definitely will watch, yeah. I'm probably going to try and review that this week. Hinare and Shingo, my God. Okay, maybe I'll watch that one too. Hanare is a challenge for me, but I'll, I'll try if you say it's good. Okay, folks, I've got to go. I've got to go and get ready to do the Worldwide. Um, I, I assume it'll be a good time. Please do join us over on WrestlePriot's YouTube channel. And we have a good time over there, Myself, Manny, Ibu, and Monty. I don't know what the fuck we're talking about tonight. I genuinely have no idea what we would even talk about, but I might try and work in some Yokozuna talk you know, for the sake of the game. Um, I don't know if everyone saw, but I tweeted a clip of a Yoko Brett match. Oh, God, man. Yoko Zuna has, like, no great matches, but he's so watchable for a man who was, like, 560 pounds. And know his worst got over to, God bless him, but at worst, he was, like, 800, which by that point it was bad. But in his prime, he was, like, 500 pounds. And he's out there working these matches with Brett and he's taking these big fucking bumps. And if anyone's never seen any Yoko, find a match that's like 10. If it goes longer than that, it may get tough. But find like the like match you have with like Razor or Hennig and some of those Col- uh, Coliseum matches Yeah, An absolute hoot. Anyway, I'm going to do some recipes series if I get a chance. Uh, someone's in the Super Chat about Yoko Zuna. All right. <laughs> I'm playing. Don't do that. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. Enjoy this outro.